know, we begin our week today. I know y'all think that first day of the week is actually Monday, it's actually today. It's Sunday. The first day of the week is actually Sunday. We kick off the week today. So I just want us, as we kick off this week, I want you to find the best plausible expression of worship. Listen, in full disclosure, rumors have it that recently I went to a Dodgers game. And, and in that Dodgers game, there was 52,398. Place was packed out like if COVID never happened. No one was wearing masks. Everyone, every single moment, a hit, just a hit on behalf of the Dodgers. The place would stand up like if it were a Pentecostal camp meeting. They would get up, they would start shouting, screaming, people, so help me, I've never met in my life. They were embracing me? This is, what COVID? I, I, they, this guy next, we would, and the guy, no, was like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, go Dodgers! And that was before the third beer, you follow what I'm saying? The level of excitement and enthusiasm. All I want to say is, this is way better than a Dodgers game. Serving Jesus is way better. Church is way better. Can you make some noise and hug somebody? High five somebody. Get excited about the fact that he is cornerstone. He is, he is, he is. Say it! from the Holy Spirit this week after the Dodgers game, of course. And as we continue our What Heaven Starts, Hell Cannot Stop series, it's proclamation, protection, provision, and promotion. We learn from the life of Elijah. If you, if you did not listen to last week's podcast, listen to last, last week's podcast. It'll show you this biblical outline of what happens when we proclaim. The ability for you and I to open up our mouths and say a word. What takes place when these words are anointed and God endorses the words that come out of your mouth? It changes everything. When someone speaks into you, they can change your life. When you speak over someone, it can change their lives. The words that come out of your mouth matter. Words matter. 
Repeat after me, words matter. It's not just what we do, it's what we say. Again, the words that come out of your mouth can literally change the destiny of someone you love, of someone around you. And the words spoken over you, how many times have we repeated on this stage? How many times have we stated, who speaks into you? It's much more important than who speaks about you. You make certain you have the right people speaking into your life. And we, we, we are uncovering the life of the man named Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of all time. This man named Elijah began with 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to read this again. Now, Elijah told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, God responds and says, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook and it's Kareth or Cherith at your discretion. There's a Hebrew translation, and that's important. We'll hear it in a second. Where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. Ravens. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him, and he camped besides the Karif brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up. Because the brook will dry up. You'll get that later on too. For there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. And the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Sarath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. I want to speak to you on the subject matter today as we continue with the story. Here it goes. God protects what you proclaim. Welcome to Cherith. And the, 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 the simple way of putting it is, God will hide you in his presence before you shine for his glory. The subject matter today is God hiding you. The God that we serve is the God that hides you. Let, let me make it real. And the Lord, this, now don't forget, here's, here's Elijah. He looks at King Ahab, the king of Israel, the most powerful person, equivalent to Pastor Sam or any of you approaching President Joe Biden today in the White House and giving him a word and saying, Dear President Joe Biden, it's not going to rain in America until I say so. First of all, that will come out on the Cuckoo for Cocoa Puff channel. And they will take you away. And by away, I mean away. And I don't mean Lodi, I mean away. And so that's what he did. He looked at the king of Israel and said, it's not going to rain. I said so. And it's not going to rain until I say so. Immediately thereafter, it says, the Lord said to Elijah, notice the Lord, said, not Ahab. The Lord speaks to Elijah and says, go to the east and hide. Proclamation activates protection. Let me repeat that. God will protect what you proclaim. He said a word. And immediately, God enters into this hiding, protective mode. The proclamation went first. We proclaim it in the name of Jesus, and God will protect it for the glory of God. If you proclaim it, God will protect it. If you proclaim it, God will protect it. Do not ask God to protect your children. If you have yet to proclaim, your entire family will be saved. Do not ask God to protect your tomorrow if you have yet to proclaim that your tomorrow belongs to God. 
Do not ask God to protect your way if you have yet to proclaim his will. You proclaim, God protects. You speak, God protects. You pray, God protects. He will protect your proclamation from the devil. He will protect your proclamation from haters. He will protect your proclamation from critics. He will protect your proclamation from the past. He will protect your proclamation from you sabotaging your own proclamation. And how does God protect your proclamation? By hiding you. Elijah said, no more rain. And God said, I'm going to hide you. That's crazy. I'm going to hide you. Psalm 27 verse 5 says this. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. You missed that part. He will put me out of reach. I dare you to believe with me right now. There's not a devil in hell or a demon on earth that will be able to touch you because you are hidden in the presence of God. You are out of reach, but you're not out of reach in the basement. You're not out of reach somewhere in a pit. You are out of reach on a high rock. Even when you're hiding, you're still in the high place. Even when God is hiding you, he hides you in the high place. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. God hides you, but not just anywhere. The Bible says that he told him where to go, to this Cherith place. Cherith. Where's Armando? Is Armando anywhere here in the auditorium? What's the pronunciation there? Cherith, Cherith. There's two. We debated them. We do our deep Hebrew exegetical extrapolation. We have a seminary team here about every single word. And, and, and he tells them, go to Cherith, to Corith. Go there and hide. You know what Cherith means? You could Google it. It means to cut off. He will hide you to cut people off away from you. There comes a season in your life where God will hide you and send you to Cherith. And he'll cut you off. He'll cut you off from things within yourself. And he'll even cut you off from certain people that would have impeded the fulfillment of the word that you proclaim. I'm talking to at least five people right now. There comes a season where God will cut you off. And he will cut people from your life. So if you find yourself in that season right now, it's not the devil. And by the way, get over yourself. It's not God punishing you. It is God protecting you so the word that's been proclaimed will come to pass. God hides you in Sharith. And it means to cut down, to cut off. It represents a season. Elijah went from the palace. He literally was in the palace where he spoke to Ahab. He goes to the palace. He looks at Ahab. And he looks at Ahab and says, no more rain. He goes from that season to, a, to being desolate with ravens. No, put this in perspective. It looks like he's being demoted, but he's not. He, let me put it in today's context. Let me contextualize it for today. He went from being on television to not having Wi-Fi. He went from speaking to crowds to speaking to God, a widow, and her son. And, and some of y'all don't even know. You know how long this lasted? This hiding, Sharif, Karif, this whole entire season, how long it lasted? Three years. He went from being rock star prophet, speaking to the king, and all of a sudden God hides him. Did God demote him? 
No, God hit him. And if you say, oh, God was just, this is all about protection. Well, not really. What do you mean not really? It wasn't God, this wasn't all about God protecting him? Well, didn't God protect him when he spoke to Ahab? Didn't God, wouldn't God protect him later on in 1 Kings 18 when he goes on top of a mountain in front of hundreds of people? So if God could protect them there and protect them there, why couldn't God perfectly protect them there? Why would God have to hide him to protect them? I'm going to preach now. For, for three years, God hid this man. And it wasn't just about protection. No, 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 no. It, it's about God asking Elijah, are you still passionate about me without the crowds? Are you still passionate about me without the palace access? Are you still going to be as passionate about me without your followers? In other words, do you still trust me backstage? Do you still pray when no one is watching? Is my presence sufficient when the platform is not around? Do you still do right when you're off the stage? In other words, I didn't call you to be famous. I called you to be faithful. Am I preaching to anybody here right now? God didn't call you to be famous. He called you to be faithful. And he wants to know whether or not what drives you is the crowd or his presence. What drives you is the stage or his glory. Do you still do right when you're off the stage? Before he promotes you, he takes you to a place, to a season of Sharif. A season to cut down and cut off. Ooh, I love this. The season where he wants to cut some. He just had this moment before the king and God says, now I'm going to take you through a process, baby. I'm going to take you through a process. This is going to be counterintuitive to what you may even think. I'm going to take you from speaking in front of thousands and speaking in front of so many people. I'm going to give you an audience of a raven, a widow, and a son. For three years, that'll be your church. Let's see if you still stick around. Let's see if you still pray the way you prayed. Let's see if your praise doesn't change according to your audience. Let's see if you still praise me when no one's around and worship me when you're not in church on Sunday morning. Let's see if you still proclaim my promises when no one's around to celebrate or affirm or validate you. I'm going to see you. I'm going to pass you through a process. I love this. Matthew chapter 5 verse 30 says this. If your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off. Of course, he's not speaking literally. He's saying whatever would impede you and I from being completely one, address it. Cut it off. Remove it. Be cognizant of it. Remove it. And then the, the other part of it is even more powerful. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Wow. Now, there's, I'm going to get God will hide you. Sharif is here. Over there is Mount Carmel, the next chapter of his life. You know what he does? He becomes, this blows him up. The greatest moment of his life took place after Sharif. Three years later, he finds himself on top of a mountain, a bunch of people around, hundreds of people. And, and they have this debate. And then the king, the king Ahab is there. And they go, you know what? You bring your God, I bring my God. It was a God fight. And he gets off, you bring your God, I bring my God. And Ahab says, I'm going to bring my God, I'm going to bring my praise and worship team. He actually did. 
He bought his own band, his own praise and worship team. They had their own merch. They sold their merch. It had everything going for them. And their playlist was ready. Everything was being downloaded on iTunes. It was powerful. And then, and then Elijah comes along and says, go ahead. The real God is going to answer with fire. God, you do what you have to do. My God versus your God. Let's see which God is real. And that blew him up even more. But before he got to Mount Carmel, he was in Sharif. What is God telling you today? Why are you here? Why are you streaming online right now all over the world? Because God is speaking to a bunch of people who are hiding right now. And it's not, you are hiding because God is hiding you. And God has been hiding you, not to demote you. He's hiding you, getting ready to promote you. You're going to get this in a second. You, you, was Elijah anointed? And yet he was hidden. You can be anointed and yet be hidden. Was Elijah called? He was called and yet he was what? Hidden. Who was Elijah gifted? He was gifted and yet he was what? So I'm speaking to every single person. You're anointed, you're calm, you're gifted, and yet you're hidden. Obscurity precedes opportunity. This is your season of obscurity right before the opportunity. He will hide you from the schemes of the enemy. He will hide you from your past. He will hide the new you from the old you. He will hide your imagination until your old memories are cut off. Oh, man. You didn't get that. He will hide your imagination until your old memories are cut off. He will hide you until you are ready for the new season. And he will hide you until the new season is ready for you. Before there's a Mount Carmel, there is a Sharif, a Karif. Before you thrive on the mountaintop, you must learn to trust God in the desert. He will hide you before he promotes you. I sense the Lord here. He will hide you in the winter before he presents you in the spring. God hasn't been punishing you. God hasn't been punishing you. God hasn't been punishing you. God has been hiding you. This is for someone here. God hasn't been punishing you. I sense God. God hasn't been punishing you. God hasn't been punishing you. He has been hiding you. God hasn't been keeping you down. He has been keeping you away. You have to first hide in his presence before you shine with his glory you have to first hide in his presence before you shine with his glory so if you are hidden you're in good company God hid Moses for 40 years God hid David for 30 years God hid Jesus for three years God hid Paul so if you've been hiding get ready you're about to shine like you've never shined before if this word is for you praise like it's for you Worship like it's all yours. Lift up your hands and say, I'm about to shine. All the people who have been hidden, lift up your hand. If you are in your hiding season, if you have been in the season where God has been hiding you, and you sense it and you feel it, just raise both hands. If there were occasions where you thought it was your time to come out of hiding, but God said, no, there's still things I want to cut off. Raise both hands and a foot. Oh, I sense God. The Spirit of God told me a bunch of hidden people are about to come out. He's been hiding an army of people anointed, gifted, and called. And this army is about to rise up and confront the spirit of Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal. Oh, I'm preaching to someone. 
He's been hiding you. You've been going through your hiding season. I need you to get ready. You're about to shine. So help me. You're about to have your Mount Carmel moment. You are about to shine. Everything you've been through, it wasn't God punishing you. It was God hiding you. But ready or not, here you come. If you believe this is your season to come out of your hiding place and step into your shining place for him, now give him the praise that lets him know that you're signing off. Are you ready for this? Let me give you a verse I want you to place in your spirit. Isaiah 49 verse 2. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow in his quiver and he hid me away. What does he subsequently do with that arrow? That's you. I hear God say, I'm about to release a generation of hidden Elijahs into a world bound by Ahab and Jezebel. You are about to come out from obscurity to opportunity. And Ahab will ask, where did you come from? You, you, you're about to have people go like, where did she come from? Where did he, even in your work, you've been hiding. In your relationships, in your family, you've been hiding. Oh, but you're about to come out and shine. You're about to come out and shine. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The Jezebels will ask, where did you come from? And you will say, I was hidden by him so I can shine for him. Somebody say, hide and shine. Look at your neighbor, tell him, hide and shine. Please tell your neighbor, I've been, I've been hidden. God was hiding me for this hour. He wasn't punishing me. It was not being God demoting me. It was God preparing me. And now, and I mean now, before this year is over, I'm about to come out. I'm about to shine like I've never shined before. So I need you to get ready. You're about to see the glory of God in me, the glory of God with me, and the glory of God through me like never before. Here it is, Philippians 2.15, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you, you will shine, you will shine as lights in this world. You've been hiding. Let me give you the final point here today. <laughs> then he says, I'm gonna hide you because I hide you. You need to learn to hide in God's presence before you shine with his glory. That's season. And then God says, not only am I gonna hide you, I'm gonna provide for you while I hide you. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them. He obeyed God. He was hiding. God was hiding him. And all of a sudden, provision appears. You obey, God provides. You obey, God provides. You obey, God provides. You speak a word into your circumstance and God will provide. You speak a word into your generation and God will provide. What if I tell you that the reason you're not seeing provision is because you are lacking proclamation? The moment you open up your mouth and speak a word over yourself, over your family, over your generation, over your community, the moment you release a word, God will provide. You speak a word over your family and God will provide. Our God is a God of provision. He is Jehovah Jireh. If in the past one year and ten months of this ludicrousy, the whole world is currently living collectively, if you have experienced Jehovah Jireh, if God has provided for you, raise one hand. 
about throughout the course of the past year and 10 months, without a doubt, you discovered even more that he is, without a doubt, your Jehovah Jireh, your provider, raised both hands. If he provided in such a way that no matter what happens going forward, you will never doubt, you will never, ever, ever doubt that God will provide all of our needs according to his riches, which are in glory. Raise both hands and a foot. And now watch this. If you believe that God's going to continue to provide, and not only will he provide for you, but for your children and your children's children, and your children's children's children, and the people you love, if you believe that God's about to pour out provision in such a way that all of your needs will be met, now give them one expression of worship that lets them know. Can anybody here praise for his provision? Can anybody here worship him for being Jehovah Jireh? Can any, how many here did God provide for you even when you weren't right? Did God provide for you even when you weren't right? Did God provide for you when you did not deserve for God to provide for you? He provides. Philippians 4.19, Ephesians 3.20, 2 Corinthians 9.8. He provides. Somebody say, He provides. Our God is a God of provision. And, and He provides. And, and then He says, I'm going to provide, but I'm going I'm to use a raven. A raven. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, ravens don't give. Ravens take away. Ravens don't provide. Ravens devour. Usually dead cadavers. On occasion, they become very aggressive, adversarial. They are predatory in nature. But they are more scavengers than anything else. All they do is look for something that is dead. And they rip it off. That's what they do. Ravens don't share. Ravens fight other ravens. All of a sudden, God says, I'm going to change the coding, the algorithm. I'm going to change the nature of this beast. I'm going to make it do the opposite of what it normally does. And I'm going to do it all for you. If God has the power, to change a raven and flip it in your favor. God has the power to change the nature of everything that is around you. The things that were sent out to kill you will end up blessing you. The things that were sent out to rob you will end up blessing you. If you believe that, say amen. Matter of fact, if you really believe it, I dare you in this season and say, come on, send me the raven. No, 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 say it like you believe it. Send me the raven. Send me the raven. God's about to feed you. God's about to provide for you. God's about to protect you. God's about to promote you through things that were never created. Lift up your hands. God will use the things that were never created to promote you and to provide for you. The things that were never created, originally designed, the algorithm, the coding, the programming, all of that stuff, God has the power to flip it. I sense the Lord saying, I'm about to provide for you through unusual means. 
I'm about to provide your resources, what you need for the fulfillment of your destiny, of what God has prepared you for, for his glory. You're going to advance the kingdom of heaven. I hear the Lord say, you're going to occupy significant space until he comes. You're going to occupy. You're going to conquer. You're going to possess. You're going to advance. But he's going to provide for you through unusual means. You're looking for that bank to give you the loan. And God says, I'm going to use a raven to finance your dream and your destiny. Are you with me right now? I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. As I speak, God is changing the nature of people around you. God is changing the nature of things around you. I'm telling, I hear the Lord say, surprise, 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 surprise. The raven is about to feed you. The raven is about to feed your family. The raven is about to feed your relationship. The raven is about to feed your man. Somebody praise like the God you serve is the God that can flip. Stand with me. Our God is the God that has the power to change the nature. He'll change the nature. So don't tell me God can use, he can't use a raven. He has to only use a dove. God says, I'll use the dove and the raven. I'm God. Can't, So I'm going to speak to every religious person here, not too many of y'all in this church, and those streaming, stop judging the raven. You see your raven, you automatically judge the raven. You see your raven, you automatically condemn the raven. Some of y'all won't even let ravens inside your church. I have news for you. I see a raven and I say, the same God of the dove, the same God of the eagle is the same God. Can you, can you imagine the first day the raven brought Elijah food? Can you imagine the raven flying over to Elijah going like, what am I doing? This is me, the raven. Watch the wings here, right? This is so realistic. This is the raven, the raven flying over to Elijah going like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I want to bite his nose. I want to poke him in the eye. And yet I'm bringing this guy food. What, what, I'm bringing him food. I'm bring. oh, I sense God. You're about to see God send people your way. People that attacked you before are about to bless you. People that hated on you before are about to bless you. People that came against you are about to bless you. I dare you to shout, send your raven. If you got this word, raise your hand. In Genesis chapter 8, it was the raven that demonstrated things were still rotting to Noah. Crazy. God has the power to change the nature, the configuration, rewrite the code, and change the algorithm of absolutely everything. It is an unlikely source. Oh. This is your raven feeding season. God's about to feed you from unlikely sources. God's about to provide from the place you least expected.
So when you see the raven in this season, shout, here comes my bread. Here comes my meat. I'm about to be fed. Golden Corral, get out of my way. I'm about to be fed. There goes my calorie count. I hope the Daniel fast is soon around the corner. I'm about to be stuffed up like never before. I'm prophesying to you. I hope you're getting it. Whenever you see that thing come your way, it's not meant to destroy you. It's meant to develop you. Are you with me right now? Why can I, how can I say this? Because I know that when God hides you, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. When God hides you, you are protected perfectly from all harm. So the stuff that he permits to come your way will have no other choice but to feed you, nourish you, grow you, and bless you. Hey, if you received this message today, now give him your final praise. High five your neighbor, tell him, here come the ravens. Here come the ravens. Woo. Oh, I sense the Lord. Lift up your hands. Lift up. I sense God. He's been hiding you. He has been hiding you, not punishing you. He's been preparing you. You have been in your Cherith, your Kareth season, because your Mount Carmel is right around the corner. He's been hiding you. He's been hiding you. He's been hiding you until you are ready for the next season. And sometimes you're ready, but the next season is not ready for you. So he hides you even if you're ready because he says you may be ready, but that's not ready for you. So I'm going to go in there and prepare the next. You're about to shine. You're about to come out. As long as you learn, you have to hide in his presence before you shine with his glory hide and then shine heavenly father this is the word you place in my spirit today hide and shine obscurity to opportunity this is the word you place in my spirit today for every single person here in Los Angeles all of our campuses and those streaming from all around the world so Lord right now we are all aware of the fact that you're hiding us our Mount Carmel is right around the corner and I don't mean years from now. It's, it's literally right around the corner. We're about to confront Ahab on the mountaintop. And we're about to look at Ahab and say, you bring your God, I bring my God. Let's see who wins. We're about to do this. But thank you for teaching us that we have to be faithful. Not famous, faithful. That the objective is for us to be the same people backstage that we are on stage. It's what we do when no one is watching. It's what we do when we have an audience of three and not 3,000, 3 million, 30 million, 3 billion. Thank you for telling us that you prepare us before you reveal us. We receive it. And oh, by the way, thanks for the ravens. Th th thanks, thanks, thanks for giving us the maturity. We were so used to doves and eagles, and, and, and now you're teaching us, you're so anointed, even the ravens will feed you. You're my children. I will feed you through whatever way, whatever means, and I have the power to change the nature of everything around you. Whatever comes your way, you're saying, I have the power to change the nature of it, where it ends up blessing us.
and not harming us. We receive that. If you are receiving, say in Jesus' name, amen.